Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. We're going to the halls of Congress. Sixth District Congressman Jake Elzey is with us. I'm just asking everybody. We opened up with Dr. Burgess at 705. It's like, okay, how are you handling this? What do we do now? How did yesterday strike you? So let me put that question set right to Jake, who it seems like just yesterday we were talking about heading into what was going to be an interesting season, but little did we know. Welcome, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm on my third cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm impressed that Dr. Burgess got up at 7.05. That's impressive. I, I got I to tell you. Yeah, it certainly, certainly was. Let me tell you what we've been through. 60 seconds, then I'm just going to hand you the talking stick. Right. Uh, at at fur, you know, it was it's, it's a small number of people who made Kevin's ouster possible. They may have some valid gripes. In fact, I think they do. The strategy by which they've gone about this, the sacking of the speaker when uh, about whom there's more good than bad that can be said, has been somewhat dispiriting to many. But since it has happened, and there's those always those lists, the list of things you can do something about and the list of things you can't do anything about, if we mm-hmm. focus on the list of things we can do something about, maybe it's time to dust ourselves off, find a speaker who might be even better, and just get back to the battle. That's me. What about you? Yeah, we have about a day to go through the various stages of grief of this. It doesn't matter which side you're on. Exactly. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're the eight or if you're the other uh, 96%, 97% of the Republican caucus. Now we have to come together. Unless we're going to hand the reins to Hakeem Jeffries, which nobody wants, we have to dust ourselves off, find a new leader. Politics abhors a vacuum just like nature does. And we have to find ourselves a speaker who can reestablish with only 12 legislative days left on the calendar, a way to move forward on appropriations bills before the clock runs out on this CR. So, all true. Is a listener correct in saying you you guys had forever, it's like nobody did not see this coming, McCarthy did indeed say we were going to break up the omnibus and do as many as 12 individual spending bills. You know, Brother Rosendale and Brother Gates all say that he said we were going to do that, and we didn't. And if he had, he'd still be speaker, so he kind of brought this on himself. Am I, am I wrong? Uh, well, you have to be able to count, and one thing the leadership team can do is count. So there are a few members, I won't say who, are being a little duplicitous in saying we didn't pass the appropriations bills. But if those same people don't vote for the rule to bring it to the floor, then we can't vote for the bill. Having said that, you know what? Kevin McCarthy uh, did the did a heroic thing, in my opinion, by saying I'm not standing for this election. He stood. He saved us a week. We can now regroup. We have to gather all those eight back together. We have to get we only have 221, Mark. We have no margin for error. So the next candidate who's going to be the speaker has to get everybody on board again, because if the appropriations process is the number one goal for everybody, as it is, and I'm an appropriator, we have to get this done Mm -hmm. before we get something jammed down our throats, then we have to find a leader that doesn't need training wheels. So uh, a lot of buzz about a guy who is universally respected and admired, uh, Louisiana's own Steve Scalise. What do you think? I am fully supporting Steve Scalise. He has the apparatus for infrastructure for staffing. He's been leadership for 10 years. He is. Uh, this is a turnkey operation for Steve Scalise to become the speaker. He has the support of Richard Hudson from the NRCC, the fundraising arm, which is very important in the 2024 cycle. I think he's going to coalesce the other leadership members around him. I can't 
speak to that with certainty right now, but that's the way it's leaning. And he's, as you said, he's universally respected and trusted on both sides of the aisle and by the entire conference. I'm sure that there will be a couple of other candidates, but I think if you have the majority of the majority, which we are, then this is uh, this then then people should get in line because we don't have time to waste. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. No, and so if it is Steve Scalise, well, first of all, around whom is there some other buzz? Jim Jordan or no? I've heard that mentioned, uh, and I I haven't spoken with him directly. I've only spoken with Steve and jumped on board in a hurry. I don't think his name has been mentioned, and I don't think Jordan's. I mean, I think Jordan's interested in almost anything. I just love him. He's just a a, a force of nature. I think he loves whipping off that coat, chairing these committees, getting to the bottom of Hunter Biden, the weaponization. I think he likes exactly what he's doing, and I hope he does because he's wonderful at it. So let's say in the Scalise example. Uh, Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, Ken Buck, uh, Nancy Mace, Bob Good, Eli Crane, Matt Rosenell going to be okay with Scalise? Uh, the, you, they'll have to speak for themselves on that, but Matt has mentioned Steve as being someone like that. And Ooh. as you said, the man is tough. Uh, he is he is universally respected and liked, and and he doesn't need. He walks in the door. He's he's right upstairs in his offices right now. He goes downstairs. We start we start clicking right away. So. Mm-hmm. You'll, you know, those other members, I, I don't, they never said any names, but I think that, in fact, the relationship Steve has with everybody makes him the clear-cut candidate of choice for everybody. Because at some point, unless you say, unless those eight say, you know what, we're going to go with Hakeem, the only choice really is Steve. If we're going to get, if, if the appropriations process is that important to them. It can only be Steve. Yeah. And the reference, of course, is to, to Democrat leader Hakeem Jeffries. Um, okay. So I guess, so how does this calendar roll out? Uh, what, what are the next few days like? Uh, we're, I'll be coming home today. Um, the Speaker Pro Tem uh, has said we're coming back on Tuesday for a candidate forum, elections on Wednesday. Remember, Monday is a holiday. And everybody needs to do their own homework and, and, and the scrambling right now for who the the the, the candidate that's going to get us to 218 is they're going to be working on the phones constantly right now. And, and so this is, this is, uh, this, this needs to be wrapped up quickly. So that's going to happen in the next five days. We should have a speaker next Wednesday. And, and then we need to get, get to work on the calendar and add a couple of more weeks of work before the clock runs out on November 17th. We only have five weeks left until the CR funding runs out. We don't want to go through this process again. And will we, uh, okay. What, what will have to change to where we're not? Because a lot of folks said, you know, November 17th, we're going to be right back where we were. You have to vote for the rule. You have to vote for the bill. You have to get it to the Senate. We have to go to conference and get it signed by the president. So it has to become law. 
That's the tricky part. We yep. can pass a lot of things out of the House that yep. we really, really want, but we don't have the Senate. We don't have the White House. So it's got to become law, and people need to understand that you have to count. We don't have the government right now. We have one one half of one-third. So we're, we've got to get our work – get the bills over to the other side, push them in the corner, uh, because they did so on the CR, whether you like it or not. The CR that the Senate was going to send over the other day was abysmal and had no tie between Ukraine and the border on it. This – this, it, now we can talk about the border, and I might add that the border is number one priority for Steve Scalise. And, and a whole lot of people, we, we went through this in the formative stages of what that original stopgap measure was going to be, where a lot of people who are sort of grousing about Ukraine get a little friendlier toward funding of Ukraine if we can maybe sort of kind of look halfway conscientious about funding our own border security. Absolutely. The American people must come first. and. We've often said that we need to hear from the president what the strategy is, and I think there's going to be a lot of members saying, look, now's the time to measure. If you want more money, you're going to have to tell us what the aim is, because as long as it takes, doesn't cut it for the American people, and I don't blame them. I do think this is a national security issue for the United States uh, in Ukraine, but the border must come. We must have it on the border because it's, it, it, is, a, it is a catastrophe down there, and, and the Texans are united in that, that we are demanding – uh, some action on the border. Congressman Jake Elsey is here, Texas District 6. Um, I imagine a little bit of interesting theater, and I don't say that dismissively because it will be you know, quite the drama. How will, I guess, Tuesday, will, will, will we see Steve Scalise and some of the other alternatives? Will we see them... Uh, will we see them lobbying, speaking out there on, on the House and uh, sort of speaking out and you know, sort of making their pitch for, for the intended audience? I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll see them on a lot of broadcast, and then and, and then folks like me are calling uh, calling our folks to to suggest that here's who I'm backing, and it, you know it, the phone calls, the phones will be uh, the cell phones will be widely used. And there's there's going to need some. <laughs> the batteries will be dying quickly this weekend. Uh, and into next week. Make sure you have your portable chargers ready to go. I have a feeling we that well then let's just uh, let let's book this. That let's have a, a few more conversations as it draws near. So appreciate the lightning fast availability today, especially in view of what kind of day yesterday must have been. So thank you as always, and everybody can go to l z e l l z e y l z dot house dot com. Rep Jake Elsie on Twitter X, and just thank you once again for the time. Yes, sir. My pleasure. Say your prayers for the country. Indeed so. Congressman Jake Elzey. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.